0: Hello and welcome to The Fierce Life. In today's episode, I'm answering one of your really popular questions, which is, Concita, how did you get to the point where you can incorporate dessert, and for that matter, anything that you like to eat, without going overboard? How do you prevent one brownie from becoming two and a half, a few chips from becoming a whole bag, What is the secret? Is there something specific that you did that I can do? And the answer is yes. And I outline and detail that in today's show. So go ahead. You definitely want to get a pen and paper for this one. Jam out to the music and I will meet you on the other side of the music. Hello and welcome to episode 96. We're diving into how you can actually begin to incorporate dessert and other foods that you really, really like and don't want to give up without going overboard. So that you can still get results, you can still get sustainable results on your own terms. You can enjoy the foods that you want without it being a struggle where you lose the weight that you want until you incorporate those foods, and then it 's a struggle all over again. So if that has been your reality, sit tight, listen to this episode we 're going to jump into it. It was previously recorded as a Facebook live, which is probably how i 'll be recording most of the episodes from now on. so we 're going to go ahead and jump into that episode, and i 'll meet you on the other side of it. Hello, hello, fierce friend. I'm popping on to talk to you about how I started incorporating dessert without going overboard so I actually get this question a lot because, as you know, I talk a lot about being able to create sustainable weight loss on our own terms. Talk about that all the time. I'm always saying, you know, on your own terms in a way that's not only effective, um, but that's also enjoyable. And for me, a big part of that has always been incorporating dessert as well, right? So that's huge for me. Anybody who knows me like in my personal life, in real life, knows that dessert is one of my top non-negotiables. But whenever I talk about this, inevitably um, someone shares with me that they like dessert too. By the way, this doesn't just work for dessert. It works if you like chips. It works if you like candy. So whatever it is that you like, someone will share with me that they have something that they like too, but the struggle is they can either give it up or they can incorporate it, right? They can't, they can't incorporate it and still get results. If they incorporate it, they're going overboard or they can just give it up cold turkey, but it's not something they wanna give up forever. So at some point, right, there's a problem. So this, that's the dilemma. And I wanna say that um, that's a dilemma that I can very much relate to, something I can very much relate to. Um, and it's something that I had to work through as well. And so I sat down and I asked myself, how how did I get to this place, right? How did I get to the place from the place where literally I was either abstaining from all the things and ripped and six pack abs or indulging in all the things and gaining 20 to 30 pounds, you know, going on vacation and needing two sets of vacation clothes, the beginning of the vacation clothes and then the end of the vacation clothes when I started eating dessert again, right? How did I do that? So I was able to kind of look back and just sketch it out to see what exactly I did to get to this place, because people ask me all the time, and so I'm here to answer it. So um, if this is something that will be really super valuable to share out, because I'm going to go through the steps, and then I'll take questions at the end, because I'm recording this for a podcast. So the first step that I took that was quite accidental, and I think it's one that we're all good at taking, um, but sometimes we don't know how to leverage it is abstinence, right? So giving up the thing, not eating the thing anymore. If something makes you feel out of control, just not having it anymore. And I think we all do this. Um, I did it, right? But where where I went wrong with the abstinence in the past and what I do differently now, and what I have my clients do differently now, is I would try and abstain forever, which wasn't realistic for me because I didn't want to give it up, right? It's different if you want to give something up. If you want to live a sugar-free lifestyle, by all means, give up sugar. But if you in your heart of hearts don't want to do that and there's not a medical reason why you need to do that, then long-term abstinence a lot of times backfires. And that's what was happening to me. However, um, one thing that abstinence did and still does, because I will still go through very short now periods of time where I will abstain, And one of the benefits that abstinence did give me was that it changed my internal dialogue, right? Um, I stopped, I went from, oh, I can't just have one brownie, or oh, I can't just have one chip, to I absolutely can, because I can go with none at all. So if I can go with none at all, I can absolutely be satisfied with one. So that first step, abstinence, helped me to change my internal chatter. I still find it very difficult um, personally, and I find when I work with clients that they find it very difficult. A lot of times, foods that we would consider trigger foods, foods that you say, I can't just have one, most people find it very difficult to go from being completely out of control with something to eating it moderately, and I hope that makes sense. I'm sure there are outliers. I'm sure there are people that can, but I have not met those people, right? The second thing that I did, um, and this was more intentional, um, and this is something that I teach my clients to do, is that I balanced my meals. And a good time to do this is also, like, this doesn't have to be sequential. You can balance your meals while you're in the process of a short-term um, abstinence period from whatever trigger foods trigger trigger you, right? So what that looks like is if I want to um, be able to have just one chip or be able to have just one brownie but at the same time i'm not getting enough fiber i'm not getting enough protein or i'm not getting enough carbohydrates then i'm really really battling um biology with willpower and the thing is that biology always wins right there are certain nutrients that our bodies need to be well to feel good to keep our hormones in balance to ensure that we don't have crazy out of control cravings and if our meals are not balanced then good luck, right? Good luck having just one chip. It's funny, I've worked with clients before and they'll tell me that they have a really hard time, you know, controlling. Usually it's something in the starchy carbohydrate um, category or sweets category. And I'll ask what they're eating and I'll ask to see like a food record for a couple of days. And inevitably there's like almost no carbohydrate, right? And it's like, no wonder when you have, a chip, you have five. Like there is nothing that you're eating um, that's, you know, starchy carbohydrates, or there are very few things that you're eating that are actually things that satisfy you, right? Everything is like tilapia, green beans, and broccoli because I'm being good, right? And so then you struggle. So I balance out my meal. So I make sure that I have enough protein. I make sure that I have enough fiber. I make sure that I have enough starch and or fat to be satisfied with the things that I'm eating so that when I do have brownies or chips or something like that, my taste buds are not just like, oh my gosh, what's this? We haven't had anything tasty ever. Or my body isn't like, oh my gosh, give me all the starch. I'm so depleted, I have to have it all now. So that's the second thing that I did. And again, you can do that at the same time as you abstain from whatever that thing is. You don't have to do one and then the other. Those don't have to be sequential. Um, the third thing, and these steps too, they can, they, they're not in order either. They're not sequential is, but I figured out that here's the thing. And I've said this a lot to my clients, just because you're deciding to have something good or you're deciding to having something indulgent, doesn't mean that it has to be unhealthy. Doesn't mean that you have to find like the most filler additive laden version of that thing that you can possibly find. Right. So one of the things that I did was I figured out which dessert options, and again, this can go for chips, this can go for anything. I figured out which options, um, which which items had figure-friendly versions that actually were enjoyable to me, right? That part's important. It has to be enjoyable. If it's not enjoyable, you will eat the figure-friendly thing, and then you will still eventually go eat the thing you wanted anyway. So don't do that if it's not enjoyable. But one of the things that I was able to find a figure-friendly version of that I absolutely love is ice cream. You guys know I love Halo Top. I post pictures of me eating Halo Top. I do not feel like I'm compromising when I eat Halo Top. I do not feel like I'm eating diet ice cream. There are some ice creams that make me feel that way. Halo Top is not one of them. So I legitimately can eat Halo Top if I feel like having ice cream and not feel like I've made a compromise at all. So I started to seek out um, other items like that, right? What are some other figure-friendly versions of food that I like that I can eat so that just because it's ice cream doesn't mean it doesn't have to have, that it can't have any protein. Just because it's ice cream doesn't mean that it has to be like super fatty. Just because it's ice cream doesn't mean that it has to have all the sugar. Just because it has sugar doesn't mean it has to have high fructose corn syrup, which makes you want even more sugar, right? So I started seeking out those types of items. So it's more figure friendly. Um, It's a version of something that I want, but it's good and satisfying so that I do not feel deprived and I do not feel like I'm compromising, okay? So I hope that makes sense. So that was the other thing that I did. And then that made more room for the fourth thing, which is I had to make trade-offs. Now, here's the thing that I'm gonna say, you guys, and like you guys probably, I know you know this. If you are listening to this, You already know this, but I still feel like it has to be said because there's just so much messaging out here that's just um, a little bit misleading, right? So while you don't have to give up anything and everything that you want to lose weight and no, you don't have to relegate it to a cheat day and no, it doesn't have to fit your macros. You don't have to count and track everything by and large, right? There are some people that may get there where they need to count and track but I've told you guys before, probably like 99% of the people that I've helped have gotten to their goals without counting and tracking. So you don't have to do that. However, the flip side is, we can't just eat all the things all the time without any type of considerations or trade-offs. It just doesn't work that way, right? And, and you know that, you you inherently you know that. If no one ever said it, you know that, but it still needs to be said. So what I had to do is I had to figure out, and we talked about this in yesterday's live or the last podcast, podcast episode 95, right? We talked about once you know what your non-negotiables are, like once you know which things you absolutely want to be able to enjoy, then you also want to consider like, okay, what trade-offs am I going to make to be able to enjoy this stuff and still get results? That's super, super important. And it's individual, It's definitely something that I help my clients with, um, but you have to figure out what they are for yourself. But here's a hint on how to get started doing that. A big part of being able to make trade-offs and being able to make them work is to understand and to truly know like what your food is, right? So I have to know that cake is mostly starch and sugar, but depending on what type of cake it is, it has some fat. And then I have to know, you know, I have to be able to know that, if I want, I don't know, sour cream, that it's a fat, right? So once I understand and know which categories my foods fall into, I can make appropriate trade-offs in the rest of the meal or in the rest of the day so that it still works. Because here's what doesn't really work from an enjoyability standpoint. So I used to be on, um, and you guys know I've done like lots of diets and things like that. That's no secret, but I used to be on a program where um, I was on many programs where either you would save up calories or you'd save up points or you save up whatever to be able to make room for indulgences. And it sounds cool, right? It sounds like it should work. But the thing is, our body does not behave like a checkbook. So it's not as simple as save this many dollars, you have this many dollars to spend. So sometimes what I would do, legit, I would skimp on sometimes meat specifically. I would often skimp on meat to save calories or to save points so that I can indulge in dessert later. But here's the thing, I'm giving up protein to incorporate sugar and starch and fat and they just don't behave in your body the same way. So what would happen is, theoretically, I should have room for that dessert and it should all work out and I should still be able to get my results. But what happened in real time is, I would skip out on something that would make me feel fuller longer, right? That would behave in my body totally differently. And in the absence of that thing, I would add something that would make me hungrier, that would make me crave more. And then I'd hold on for dear life, pray and try and use willpower to not then overeat beyond that thing, that dessert that I saved up the points or the calories or whatever for. So a big part of being able to effectively make trade-offs that still work It's understand what your food actually is so that you're trading thing for thing, if that makes sense, okay? That's a big part. Didn't even plan on saying that. And then the final thing is you've got to pay attention. I talked about on the last episode, yesterday's live, where um, set it and forget it. It's possible, but many of us want to be able to set it and forget it way more quickly than is realistic, right? We want to be able to, me too, right? We want to be able to um, read the guidelines, understand the guidelines, implement the guidelines, and then it's like, okay, I know what to do, and I'm doing it, and now it just needs to work. And it would be great if it worked that way, but unfortunately, the truth of the matter is, the the mental engagement part of that lasts a lot longer than most of us realize. So we've got to pay attention. What are we paying attention to? We're paying attention to whether or not we're really getting results. Um, We're paying attention to whether or not what we're doing is driving our cravings like just through the roof, like I shared when I used to like skip meat in order to have enough calories or points to have cake. Well, theoretically, it should work. But The fact was, it didn't, because it was very hard for me to then just have that cake and be done, because biologically, I I jacked myself up, right? It wasn't going to work. I would have to use a ton of willpower and be very miserable to make it work. So we've got to pay attention to that. Are we getting results? Are the trade-offs that we're making, do we still feel good? If we've found a figure-friendly substitute, say maybe for ice cream or something else, like... Is something in there is is a component of that food making us bloated? Does it make us crave more? Like I had to discover that artificial sweeteners were not for me because although they were saving me calories theoretically with sugar, I craved sweets more, I was gassy, and I was bloated even when I was lean so we've got that that fifth step is so important we 've got to be willing to pay attention. And then tweak accordingly. And those are the steps that I took you guys in order to be able to incorporate without, incorporate dessert and many other things. I put dessert because we've been talking about that in, in our um, support group, but to be able to incorporate dessert um, without going overboard and legit. That was a transformation for me because I was definitely the girl who, if I ate a brownie, it was going to be really hard for it not to be two and a half, who, if I had a few chips, it was going to be really hard for it to not be the whole individual bag, who, if I had a few fries, it was going to be really hard to not have the whole entire serving. And I'm finally on the other side of that, and I'm not doing that. But here's the last thing I want to say, and this is the bonus thing. I didn't plan to say this, but I should. That first step, that abstinence step, because I know a lot of people go down this road and then they feel like they're stuck because they're trying it and then they get overwhelmed in the process, right? They get overwhelmed in the making trade-offs, paying attention, does it work? Oops, I meant to only eat five Sour Patch Kids. I ate the whole pack. This is not working for me. Forget it. I'll just abstain and and I'll abstain forever. Um, And for some people that works. Some people identify foods that they just have no business eating because it just doesn't work for them. Um, but for most people, that is not the case. And what I find, if I find that, okay, you know what? I'm eating a little bit more dessert than I plan to eat. You know what? I ate that dessert, and it wasn't even really kind of like I decided to have a thing. It was an autopilot. I ate it. It wasn't even good. I kept eating things. So to me, that's my version of out of control. I will go back to step one, the abstinence step. However, I will not go on a sugar cleanse for 14 days or 21 days or swear off chips for a month. I will literally, sometimes it, it's, as, um, it's as simple as I am not having any snack food today, period. Because while there is nothing for me, at least that's off limits that I can't have, it's very important to me that I'm able to say yes to the things I want, but it's Equally important to me that I am always able to say no whenever I deem that I need to. And part of how I train that ability to say no is abstinence. Um, some people call it fasting, especially if you're a spiritual person, you could actually invite God into the process and fast and dedicate that day of no snack food to God and ask Him to help you to be able to regulate your cravings, and your hunger, and emotions. It's something that I definitely incorporate. I did a whole video about that a few years back. So um, that's my process, y'all. So I hope you have found this helpful um, and I hope you will apply it. And uh, that's all I have to say. There you have it. That's the process that I went through and I could say go through, right? Because we said that I go back to that abstinence point at times when I need to, um, that I go through in order to be able to incorporate the foods that I like without going overboard. So now that you know your fears follow-up should you choose to accept is to figure out what are my foods that I wanna incorporate? Um, what, Which ones, are there possibly some figure-friendly subs that I could, um, that I could eat instead? And then what are my trade-offs for the ones where a substitute just won't do? Let's go ahead and get into that conversation and talk about that inside of the free support group. If you're not already in there, I don't know why not. All you have to do is go to com slash achieve lasting weight loss, and you'll be able to get right into the group from there if you've listened this far that means you've enjoyed this please do go ahead and share this out with someone else if you need to reference the show notes i know i've referenced previous episodes those are linked over there at com slash ep96 then finally whichever podcast platform you're listening to this episode on be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you are notified when the next episode drops. That's all I have for you today, fierce friend. Until next time, stay fierce. You're ready to master your motivation, keep your head in the game, and get the results that you deserve. And I have just the thing to help you boost your mood and wrap yourself in motivation every single day. Visit the Conceita Thomas Apparel Shop today to get your motivational tanks, tees, and mugs. Be sure to use the promo code friend for a discount on your first order of $25 or more. You can visit the shop at slash apparel Are you sick and tired of starting over when it comes to your healthy eating? Have all your failed attempts got you wondering why you can't seem to stick to anything long enough to get results and definitely not to keep results? Listen, it's not you, it's the diet. Giving up your favorite dishes just to lose weight doesn't last. And force feeding yourself food that isn't even culturally familiar just because some guru said it would help you get results is a setup for failure. When you are ready to get real results eating the foods that you already love, it's time to schedule your eating audit. Let me help you discover the tiny tweaks you need to make to get results from the foods you already eat every day. No more diets, no more falling up the wagon, Just real lasting results with food you're actually going to be happy to eat after you reach your goal. Schedule your eating audit today at conceitathomas.com slash audit. and use promo code nofuss no f u s s to save on your order